On today's show, John Collins got to get into it. Free agency profile. Should the Mavericks give an offer sheet to John Collins? We'll talk about that. And while Luka Doncic magic jerseys are in production. <laughs> They're selling. We'll tell you why on Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator with the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host contributor at Mavs.com. Com? Com? Con Air. <laughs> the John Collins coordinator. The one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Is the finals over? Are you ready to just wrap Ooh. it up and say it's a wrap? Chris Paul's got his ring, or it seems Bucks? that way. It seems like children of destiny for them, right? Like I just want to say to the Bucks fans, Bucks organization, that I, Drew Holiday's so bad right now. You should you should be interested in trading him because there's <laughs> probably some teams that would still take him. Uh, probably a team in Texas. Yeah, I think I think you'd still take him. For sure. In a heart. I mean, his, at least his defense was good. He dished out, what, like seven assists in game two? Yeah. He just couldn't shoot or hit any layups, or the ball just wouldn't go in the basket for him. Man, it was wild. Anyway, uh, I can't get over Devin Booker in this, like, cream-colored suit that he's been wearing all day. <laughs> he's doing the he's whole doing Phoenix. SP. The whole Phoenix team, like, I just – I know he Valley said this boys. before, but I just don't see how you can dislike that team. I, I could see you like some people disliking Chris Paul because like I've definitely had my phases where he's annoying, but just that whole team, I love so many guys on that team: Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Crowder. I just I love they're, Aiton. They're so young and they're so young in the league that it's hard to have. You haven't had enough time to hate them yet, right? Like yeah. everybody goes through the cycle. Uh, like Kevin Durant, you come into the league and everybody loves you, and then you get. Then you decide to go to Golden State, and then everybody hates you. And then you know you get like everybody gets a cycle in the NBA, and it just none of these guys have been in the league long enough to get into that hate cycle yet. And they haven't been in the public eye long enough yet either because they've just been in obscurity. But that's true. But speaking of the Bucks, Giannis big time performance, but huge a past assistant coach linked to the Mavs. Ooh, link to the Mavs. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. All right, so we're going to get into John Collins. First, let's get into a couple of news items here. Jamal Mosley headed to the Magic, probably. It seems like they're in advanced talks from Woj and all those people that have reported on it. Jamal Mosley will not be on the Mavericks staff, it seems like. It seems like it's trending in that direction, but I'm happy for him to get a head coaching job, especially with a young team like this, the Magic. He's going to get probably a pretty long leash to be able to have that job for a while. This is a job that I would pick. I think he's got some pretty good job security, but you also have to uh, get them back to a place where it's going to be pretty hard for them to get back to. Yeah, super happy for Mo's. Like, I mean, this is, I mean, this is what he's been wanting, right? I mean, a head coaching job. Mm -hmm. We all know how it unfolded in Dallas. Uh, unfortunate for him, Dallas is you know turning the page on that and. Uh, this is why you can do the magic photoshops for Luca right now if uh, <laughs> you're in that uh, ball game. But no, honestly, I'm super happy for him. I'm super bummed to see him go, not just as a coach and his connection with Luca, but just as a fun personality and fun guy to be around. Mm -hmm. And honestly, everybody in the organization just loves this guy to death. So happy for him. Great spot. I say great spot, but 
I think I'm with you on the fact that he should have a long leash because there shouldn't be any huge like four or five years, like four years, right? Yeah, there shouldn't be any huge expectations. There. I mean, they're that's one of the worst rosters in the league, <laughs> and they got some good players. It's just half of them are hurt, and the other half of them are too young to do anything yet. Yeah, and they're <laughs> super young. I mean, they have two two top ten picks coming up later this month mm-hmm. with the fifth and eighth pick. You know, Cole Anthony was a blast this past year. I thought I love him. Jonathan Isaac, love him. Like our lockdown magic host only put like three players on his non-trading block list for our our mock draft that we're doing this year. And it was Fultz, Isaac, and then Chuma Okiki was one of his players that he put as a guy that he's not trading. So I thought that was pretty interesting that he wouldn't trade that guy. Mo Bamba not on that no trade list? You could trade for Mo Bamba if you wanted to. I think we could still probably get in on that if we wanted to. But, yeah, so Mosley is probably going to the Orlando Magic. The Mavericks are also in advanced talks to hire Detroit Sean Sweeney as an assistant coach to Jason Kidd as Kidd begins to assemble his staff. That was from Mark Stein. Uh, Sweeney coached under Kidd in Brooklyn that one year and also his entire tenure in Milwaukee as well. And then after that, he went to go coach with um, Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey? Yeah. Dwayne Casey in the with the Detroit Pistons. So Sean Sweeney probably going to be an assistant coach for the Mavericks. It seems like advanced talks. It's like they're almost there, but I'm not sure what's holding it up there. But the big thing about this, and man, if Giannis hadn't signed that deal, <laughs> this would be a huge thing right now. But Sean Sweeney is lauded as the guy that was like that like if Jamal Mosley was to Luca what Sean Sweeney was to Giannis. He was the guy from his rookie year. Like that would be with him and coach him every single day. That was really hard on him. That pushed him in practice. That pushed him to be the kind of player that he is today. There's this video of them out there where Giannis screams at him and tells him, you know, I'll, I'll f you up, but he doesn't say f. Right? Like he gets into it, sort of like in a less playful way. But the, the, the Jamal Mosley like smack Luca in the face moment. Right? It was. It seemed like that to me where it was just the heat of the moment and they were getting in on getting into it with each other. But Sean Sweeney. Uh, hopefully he can come in and be a guy that helps develop some of these younger guys. Maybe he attaches himself to Josh Green or some one of these other guys, but a guy that's been in Jason Kidd's coaching staff before, and who knows what assistant coaches really bring to an NBA team, but hopefully that experience with developing guys, and especially with Giannis, brings something to the Mavs. I mean, I know Giannis is locked up now, long-term but. in Milwaukee, but if there was ever a point for him to uh, <laughs> that he looks elsewhere – Dallas is uh, definitely still laying the groundwork there of, hey, you know who else uh, who used to work at Nike? Uh, one of the only signature athletes for Nike is Giannis. Uh, so you have the Nico connection. You have Jason Kidd, which Giannis uh, definitely liked Milwaukee. Now you got Sean Sweeney. Um, yeah, so if Giannis ever does look elsewhere, there will definitely be a team sitting there saying, we have all these connections and we still have Luka Doncic. So Paul George signed a contract and then got traded. So I think, any, I think anything has Dallas happen. completely given up on Giannis yet coming up Ooh. next. We'll tell you no, just kidding. If Sweeney hadn't been a coach under Jason Kidd, then maybe like, maybe you'd think that, right? <laughs> <laughs> if he hadn't been an assistant coach under Jason Kidd, both in Brooklyn and in Milwaukee, you'd be like, Oh man, are they really trying to go for Giannis or this kid hiring and then Sweeney? But uh, there is precedent for Sweeney being on kid staff. So, all right, coming up, let's get into John Collins. Let's talk about him. He's a restricted free agent. He's really intriguing. And we're not just talking about him out of the blue. There was some news recently. Tony Ressler, the owner of the Hawks, in an article with The Athletics, said 
something pretty interesting that, that kind of caught my eye that made me want to push John Collins from you know a profile down the road a couple weeks to now doing it today. So let's get into that coming up. But before we do, I got to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to put some money down on sports right now. They have moved the Suns to a minus 475 favorite against the Bucks in the series. So that's risen from like 200 or something to now minus 475. But still, those are pretty decent odds you can win some money if you still want to pick the Bucks. Going ahead to uh, the game three, they have the Bucks as a three and a half point favorite at home. Wow. That's pretty interesting. Even though the Suns won the first two games in pretty decently com- you know, compelling fashion. Over, under. We've been tracking this. First game went over. Second game, I think, went under. Because I don't think they scored enough in the second game. This game, 222 is the over, under. How are you feeling about this one? 222. So each team would have to score around 111, right? Yeah, I'll take the over. I think I'm going under on this one again. I think that you're going to hit another. I think Phoenix will hit a three-point shooting wall in this one. I'm yeah, just... I think the Bucks win game three. But... And if they are going to win a game, it's going to be it's going to have to be the way that they won that first game against the Nets. Right? Like it's just a complete defensive outing where they just go and, and shut the other team down. Anyway, go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into John Collins. John Collins, restricted free agent. He's been in the league for four years now. He was the 19th pick in the 2017 draft. That was the Dennis Smith Jr. draft, right? Yep. Man, that was when we first started this this podcast together. Uh, He is a 6'9 power forward, and he has been with the Hawks his entire career. He is a really interesting guy because he represents this guy that can both roll at an elite level and then also hit the three. Defensively, he's a little suspect, but... That's kind of the general player you get. I was pretty interested in, in his shooting, obviously, and this is a name that a lot of Mavs fans have brought up to us. Yeah, I think, you know, when we do these profiles, you know, Nick, you have a lot of these uh, categories in there. One of misconcep- Misconception is one of the uh, categories, and I think some of us can get the misconception about him um, or like if we want to use the word casual fan, uh, a casual a ca- fan. Just what do think, the casuals say, Isaac? Uh, we'll just think he's just an athletic dunker, right? Because he has these high athletic plays, these dunks, these oops, these, you know, he is a fun, energetic, athletic guy, but like he can hit the three. And I think that's something that you have to keep in mind. You look at his past two seasons, he's basically shot 40% from three over the past two years at over three threes a game. Like you could even look into some of the things. There's a great Ringer article that came out, uh, I guess, I think it was in February. It was right before the trade deadline. It was basically entitled like, how much is he worth? Like, Or is John Collins worth it? And it has a lot of good stuff about John Collins, just the dilemma that Atlanta was in with him back then and still is now, still relevant now. But they had a stat in there of, how many players 6'10 and above are shooting this amount of threes at this percentage? And it was a very, very small group. Just showing you that he's such a unique player because he he is, I mean, he he's a stretch four, but he's also mm-hmm. super like athletic and can like you know, he plays above the rim and all of it too. So it, he's a very, very unique player. He's Dwight if the three-point shot worked. <laughs> But a better rebounder as well, right? We can put that in. But that three-point shot, I would I would consider that a strength now, right? That's that's oh, yeah. definitely part of his game you would consider a strength. First two years, he shot 
34.6% from three at 1.5 attempts per game. So it didn't take a lot, but he was hitting them at a decent, like just slightly above league average clip. Last two years, like you said, 40%, 3.4 attempts per game. So he's really become a guy that you can you can rely on to basically be your catch and shoot three-point guy. Like he takes 3.4 attempts per game. 3.2 of those attempts per game are catch and shoot threes, right? He's not a guy that's going to take him off the dribble. He's not a guy that's going to pull up from three or anything like and that. And you don't want him to be that guy. You don't want him to be, but he can be a reliable catch and shoot three-point guy, yeah. right? Uh, he's not going to be Porzingis where he's trying to take all these different threes and stuff like that. He's just going to take those catch and shoot, but that's all you want. And that, he would fit really well in the Mavericks offense in that way, for sure, right? He would be yeah. incredible, I think, in the Mavs in the Mavs lineup, but... Now it kind of changes with with Jason Kidd as opposed to Rick Carlisle. With a Rick Carlisle offense, he would fit incredibly well. I th- I don't think a ton of, is going to change about that, but the way that he can roll, the way that he can shoot the three, it just gives you a lot of options for a Luca John Collins pick and roll pick and pop situation. Yeah, him in a pick and roll is that that was what I wanted to do a little bit more homework on before this pod because I knew he could hit the three, I knew he could dunk, I knew he could you know cut and all that stuff like super fun. But I wanted to see how good he is when the pick and roll with Trey and like how often he did that with Trey because you know he obviously played alongside Clint Capella too. And you're like, all right, naturally Clint Capella is the pick and roll guy for Trey. But John Collins, you know, he had 158 possessions last year as the role man. And when you look at if you did the minimum at 150 and you look across the league, players who had a minimum of 150 possessions as the role man in a pick and roll possession. John Collins was sixth in the league in points per possession in that. Just be, just behind DeAndre Ayton, Rudy Gobert, wow. Bam, uh, then Rashawn Holmes, Chris Boucher, 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 did I say Boucher? Right? Boucher, 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 Boucher. Uh, John Collins, then Clint Capella. So they were both six and seven in that. So he did. I mean, they ran the pick and roll a lot with Trey, but he was efficient in that, and he was good in that. And it's like no matter what offensive system that you're running, how different Jason Kidd runs his offense compared to Rick, like you still need a guy like pick and roll is not going anywhere. Pick and pop isn't going anywhere. You're still going to have to run that at times. So yeah, I was really impressed by that too. The problem is, (laughs) uh, do we want to get into some, uh, is there any more strengths? Well, I guess let's get into this first. So this is a couple that's, that's the reason why John Collins is interesting for the Mavericks. Uh, but the reason why we bring this up, the reason why we're talking about John Collins and the reason why I brought it up early is because of this quote from Tony Wrestler, the owner of the Hawks. He had this quote uh, that I just want to read in full. I'm going to read the whole thing. It's going to be a little long, so stick with me. When talking about this Hawks roster, he said, quote, It's complicated, of course, because what we're trying to convince people is we're building something. But let's not kid ourselves. Our job is to run a good business. Mm. That first quote, really, then you're like, okay, what does that mean? What we're, quote, what we're trying to achieve is literally keeping our best players, as you can imagine, trying to make clear that we're going to have to spend a lot more than we have this season. We fully expect that. I'm not sure we're going to be able to keep every single player that we want to keep. Pretty good bet. Pretty good assumption. We will not. But I do think we have several years that we should be able to build something real. Uh, some real stability if the question is are we scared of the tax are we scared of going into the tax i'm scared of paying the tax and not being a good team yes that i'm scared of but we have to go into the tax to be a great team for a period of time so be it is this hawks team a great 
team, the way that they're constructed, because they've spent all their money now, right? And they did make the Eastern Conference Finals this year, but they've spent all their money, and their big free agent is John Collins. So a lot of people were pointing this to say, man, if they don't re-sign John Collins, what does this mean for this team? Uh, but he's kind of their only guy. If we take a look at their cap sheet on our YouTube channel, if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, thanks so much, everybody, for subscribing watching our YouTube channel. We're looking at the cap sheet for the Hawks. And they have Gallinari for 20, Bogdanovich for 18, Capella for 17, Trey Young still in that rookie deal. He's going to get that extension like Luca, DeAndre Hunter. And then John Collins right here. He's their next guy. He's a restricted free agent this offseason. He's really the only guy that they have to re-sign. You can look at Lou Williams, Solomon Hill maybe as two guys that they might want to re-sign. But he's kind of the only big name that is going to cost a lot of money that wrestler could be talking about here. Yeah. You know, it kind of depends to, I mean, like if they handed John Collins, so I guess we're, we're going to get into the availability part of this, like why John Collins yeah, could be available, you know, for teams across the league. It's because you look at the long-term money, like you look into, it's not really as much bad next year because you kind of still have a year's worth of like, the, you know, a tray, you still have, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, Kevin Herter down there towards the bottom underneath Cam Reddish, like they're going to want to keep, you know, Kevin Herter too. So it's when you start getting into that next year that then those big extensions kick in. Then you're paying Clint Capella 18 still. He's on expiring still, but then you have Bogdanovich still there at 18. <clears throat> but Gallinari could theoretically come off the books then. So for them, it's like, man, if they sign him to a huge deal, then I think it's just a ticking talk that ticking clock until uh <clears throat> until that next season. You basically got one year of that of how much he wants to pay, but it's I also. Singing, I thought you were about to sing a Kesha song just there. <laughs> um, but it's also like, I mean, like, how do you want to pay John Collins a max right. contract whenever you have DeAndre Hunter? Like, I love DeAndre Hunter. And it's like you have DeAndre Hunter. You just spent the six overall pick on a Kongwu. Like, you have Clint Capella. Right. You're still paying Gallon. Like, I'm just saying, front court guys here. However, you classify Cam Reddish as in a position. Like, what is he? So, like, you have plenty of guys. Like, it's not like if he leaves, there's a hole on your roster. It would just suck for them to lose an asset for nothing and be basically the Kings that lost Bogdanovich for nothing. But like, to let him walk for nothing would would suck for them. But they would have some cap space this summer, though. They could re-sign somebody, right? I think that they wouldn't lose him for, for nothing necessarily. They'd have that cap space to use. But, yeah, that's kind of what you're talking about. And it's like they offered – apparently they offered him a $90 million deal. I can't remember if it was four years or, or five years on that deal. I think it was a, a four-year uh, deal. But they offered him a deal, and he turned it down. And so now they're like, okay, well, he doesn't want just $20 million a year. He's going to want like $25 million a year or something yeah. like that. Do five you want to pay – John Collins that much for what he does and what he brings. Now, the answer for the Hawks is probably not. The answer for the Mavs is if you want that guy, you're going to have to pay that much, right? Like, That's so mean, yeah. uh, coming up, let's get into how the Mavericks could actually bring him and get into some of the, the weaknesses, how he would fit in the roster, the price, and all that kind of stuff. We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. I tried the new strawberry flavor. I got them in the mail finally. What? Thought it was, thought it was pretty good, but I, I still like the raspberry. I like the raspberry, the raspberry and the cherry ones better. There's something about that fruit flavor that works better than a strawberry, I think. But hmm. uh, 
That one is still, it's still pretty good, but I just think I would take the other ones more. Uh, Grasshopper Cookie is available right now. That bar is absolutely delicious. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 6 grams of sugar. Only 6 grams of sugar for a bar that tastes like a candy bar that is covered in 100% chocolate. There's 46 grams of sugar in a Mountain Dew, right? Like, <laughs> if you try to compare two things, it's incredible what this bar has, that uh, the amount of sugar that it says. So go get some of these bars. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order with Built Bar. Again, BuiltBar.com, Built.com, Grasshopper Cookie. Try that one. It's really, really good. A little bit of mint in there. Really good chocolate flavor. Absolutely delicious. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into John Collins. We talked about some, we talked about the reason why he's available, talked about some of his strengths. Let's go, let's trend a little negative now. We, we talked about why the Mavericks would want to uh, to sign him, but why shouldn't they sign him? I guess let's start there. Um, Yeah, well, it's just like, how good is he? That's the, that's the thing <laughs> right. we, just, we just don't know. Like, will he ever be an all-star? Like, if you told me right now that- Not John- if he's coming to the West, like, guaranteed, no way. Yeah, right? so it's like, if you tell me right now, John Collins would be would have three All Stars and All Star appearances underneath his belt by the end of his career, I'd be like, okay, I could maybe see it. If you tell me he never made the All Star team, I'd be like, okay, well, I could see it. Yeah, like, right. I just don't know, like I don't know what his ceiling is in the league and what he thinks his ceiling is in the league because that's another thing to keep in mind. Remember the athletic story that came back, you know, that came out earlier in the season with. The Trey Young thing, and you know John Collins in the film session, and him uh, basically calling out Trey of "Hey, get everyone involved." Um, Luca handles the ball a lot in Dallas. I don't know if that's a breaking news for people or <laughs> for John Collins. So, you know, is it similar to a KP thing? Like that's something you would want to iron out too. Of like, hey, like you know, there's differences between Trey and Luca for sure. But they both do handle the ball a ton, and the offense runs through both of them a lot. So that's something that they would definitely have to uh, clear up with John Collins uh, heading in, thinking that he's going to get the same amount of shots as Luka. Um, but defense is the main thing with John Collins for me. It's like where you start looking at some of his, his defensive stuff, like around the basket, like who does he guard? And yeah. sp- specifically for Dallas, like if you're going to play him alongside you know, Porzingis, then who's guarding the bigs? Like he's not big enough. He's not strong enough to guard some of these big guys in the post, but is he quick enough to guard? Like, and once again, it kind of gets into the draws and stuff. If you're sitting there saying it doesn't matter, we just need talent. Just get him in the door and like, we'll figure it out. I hear that. Like, and that's why I'm not saying, Oh, I'm out on John Collins because the fit's not perfect. I'm if we walked away with John Collins. Okay. Not a home run to me, but at this point, let's add talent if that's like one of your last options. So I defensively is my biggest my biggest concern with him, especially alongside KP if KP's gonna be here. The offensive fit next to KP works. You have the shooting, right? He's, he will he will probably ask for more shots, but his shots are all gonna come out of pick and rolls and pick and pops and stuff. I don't know if he's is he asking for more shots than that. I don't know. He went from 
14.8 shots a game last year on a Hawks team that wasn't that good to 12.2 shots a game this season on a Hawks team that was really good. So two and a half less shots per game this season, and it seemed like there was some tension there. But then they go to the playoffs. Maybe he learns that, hey, if I, if I play my role on a team, we can go far and we can, we can do great stuff. In the playoffs, he only took 10 shots a game. <laughs> it went even farther down for him because of all the guys that were just better offensive options than him. So offensively, they can make it work. But is he, what is he, like you said, what does he think he is? Plus, what is Porzingis, right? Like they still haven't traded Porzingis, and we still don't know if that's going to happen. So now you have two big men that require somebody else to set them up, which Luca will gladly do (laughs) for those guys. But then you have to finish. You also have to. Uh, you have to get them the ball in the right spots, and then you have to uh, balance those guys out, I think, a little bit. Uh, if John Collins takes some shots from Porzingis, all of a sudden we have a bigger problem on our hands for on Porzingis' side. Yeah. So I think that on the offensive end may be potentially an issue. But then, like you said, defense, who does he guard? That's sort of the problem. And then another problem, I think, for John Collins is I don't know if he can be your last-minute signing kind of guy because he's restricted. Maybe yeah. he could be your last ditch effort. They decide to hold out and they decide to not sign him and like, all right, go find an offer sheet, go find something somewhere. And he waits and waits and waits. And the Mavericks are like, all right, all these other options we exhausted. John Collins, the only guy left. Then you go out and you sign him to a deal. You sign him to an offer sheet. He can go just get that match from the Hawks. And the Hawks can do the same thing that the Mavericks can do. All right, we're just going to sign him, get the talent and then see, maybe we'll trade him down the line somewhere else. Yeah, but th- that's when it gets really tricky because then if you go up for John Collins as your first option in free agency, you sign him. Your money is tied up for three whole days during free agency when the Hawks have a chance to match. Like they could just hold on to him for three days and then sign him on the you know the in the final hour there, and then all of a sudden the Mavs just like missed out on a whole bunch of guys. So it gets real tricky with restricted guys. That's the same with Lonzo. It's the same with like Laurie Markin and guys like that. Yeah, and you can, I mean, they're probably, Atlanta, whoever goes out and tries to sign it to a max deal, they're probably going to try to um, negotiate a sign and trade with whoever that team is to where they don't lose him for nothing. And they're like, hey, we're, let's just try to get something back. I don't know what that would look like for Dallas. Um, rebounding, it's, I thought he would rebound a little bit better than what, he's 24th in the league as far as rebounds per game. Luka averages more rebounds than him, but he also averages more rebounds than Zion. I would just... I, <laughs> You know, he obviously played next to Capella too. So I think if anybody it can, if you're questioning the fit of him at the four, because I think there's the whole like Collins at the four, what does Collins look like as a small ball five? I think you can pull it off with some lineups, but if that, if the other team has a big, like Collins just isn't big enough to guard some of these big, you know, bigs in the league. But if they're, if you're going against like the Clippers, could he play a small ball five against the Clippers when they're running their small lineups? Sure, let's do it. Have some fun with it. But I think his age also, he's 23 years old. Guys, he's younger than Jalen Brunson. Does that make you feel <laughs> <Dang>. weird? <laughs> like he's younger than Jalen Brunson. That's uh he's in that same time or same age range as Bam, De'Aaron Fox, Brandon Ingram, Jamal Murray. He's in that same like group as far as age-wise. But I was looking at players that are a little bit older than him, and I saw Jalen Brunson. I was like, whoa. <laughs> That's uh, it. Kind of caught me by surprise on that, but and he does have playoff experience, right? I mean, he just yep. went to a conference finals, and how many players on the Mavericks roster right now can say they've been in a conference finals? Not very many of them. So, 
He's also like the age thing. I think probably a positive too, right? The timeline you yeah. get him, you get him younger in his career. He probably also has still some potential to tap into. Like, you know, if he is going to make some an All Star team eventually at any point in his career, I think he has to add something else to his game, right? Does he add a defensive element to his game? Does he add? Uh, in a know, way, he's to, a three level drive, scorer, right? but he doesn't like create as much at those three levels. Like he does some, <laughs> but like he he's like his mid range numbers are good. His three point shooting numbers are good. He can finish around the basket. So it's like his shooting and offensive numbers are are perfectly fine. He's but he's also not the guy that you're saying, hey, clear out, go get me a bucket, John Collins either. So that yeah, right. it's a little tricky in that. So, but yeah, I offensively i would i would not be worried offensively at all about his fit defensively there's some there's some question marks for sure there you go the price uh he seemed like he turned down a 90 million dollar deal i'm reading this report from nbc he's projected his max contract would be 125 million for four years that would be his like, absolute max that he could get and he turned down a 90 million dollar deal which i think would probably be four years right uh, or maybe they, they stretched that out to five, but it just said $90 million. $90 million over four years is 22.5. So you're probably going to have to get over that. Oh, well, like, well, I mean, if his max is 125 at four, then you're looking at a little over 30 million a year. So that's his, that's his absolute max, right? Yeah. I don't think he's going to get the absolute max, but uh, man, it's, it's, like, see, still, thing- st- still to get to like 25 a year for John Collins, that's, that's yeah. a ton, man. And the thing that scares me though, is like, if you're in the camp of saying, man, I really want John Collins to Dallas and you know, Atlanta's not going to match. He's the, he's the type of guy though, that some of these like really bad teams would like, I could see them throwing big money at him because he yeah. is so young because he can't, he does shoot the three and all the stuff that we listed. Like I could totally see a Charlotte or whoever it is say, Let's give you a massive deal. Let's do this. So it, <laughs> the Kings come be Bagley that we thought Bagley was going to be. <laughs> exactly. So that that's where I, yeah, I'm really curious on what happens with him, you know, him compared to some of these other restricted guys, the Lonzo's, like you said, you know, marketing, who's that other one that I, I forgot about. I feel, Lonzo? Like I feel like there's another restricted guy, Lonzo, John Collins, Devonte Graham. Monte Graham, is he restricted? Anyway, I think so. But yeah, I mean, basically, if you want Collins, you're gonna have to pay over, you know, at least twenty five plus a year. And when you make that commitment, I mean, it's going to be four years. So Duncan Robinson, Jared Allen, those are the Jared two. Allen. That's the other one I was thinking of. But I mean, once again, what we were talking about the other day about DeRozan, you make a four year commitment at a guy over twenty five million a year. This is one of the bigger signings of Luca era, Luca's era in Dallas that. You're pairing them up for the next, you know, three or four years. So you better be confident in that. Yeah, you can always, you know, shop and trade and stuff later on. But I mean, offensively, Luke and John Collins together sounds like a lot of great. fun. Great. Absolutely great. I think a lot of that conversation, yeah. What happens with KP at that point? If they go out and lay land John Collins, because in a perfect world, you spend 25 a year on a on another secondary creator. It's a wing yeah. player, it's a wing defender, it's all of that. So if you go out and you spend that on John Collins, now you're spending 55 to $60 million a year on your front court of a John Collins, Christophs Porzingis. And you still have some of the same question marks that you had yeah. before of who's cre- yeah. helping create for Luca, who's guarding the Kawhi's and Paul George and stuff of the world. Like you still have those questions when you're dishing out that much money of your salary cap. So there will still be questions to be answered. One of the big problems is Porzingis, right? 
the big stopping point. Like if if Porzingis was a guard, right? Like if Porzingis was an actual guard, somebody that, uh, like if he was Kemba, right, or or somebody like that, then John Collins would make a ton of sense for this team. But I think Porzingis is a big sticking point until they figure out that. I don't think you can look at somebody like this unless it's one of your last resorts and you don't have anywhere else that you can go and you you get in and bring him in. But there you go. That's what we think about John Collins. Let us know in the comments. What do you think about John Collins? Should the Mavericks offer him a deal? Do you think it's worth it to pay $55 million for Porzingis and Collins and uh, and just try and figure it out that way or get rid of Porzingis, whatever you think. So let us know what you think, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. He's up. Boom. Looking for his first basket of the quarter. Flobs. Oh, Collins with one hand on top of Embiid. Oh, my. And Embiid is shaking up as well after Collins hammered it home on the big guy.